Pittsburgh Steeler fans. Welcome back to another episode of Steeler Stat Geek. This is Behind the Steel Curtain Editor Dave Schofield coming at you on Thursday morning. It's June. We are getting into the really close, we're not into, but really close to the NFL dead season, the time where nothing happens. There's still OTAs going on. There's still mandatory mini camp coming up. Then we'll get to training camp eventually. My goodness, I'm so frustrated that the Steelers haven't announced the dates for training camp yet. It's it, it's it's bothering me a little bit. If you can't tell, I ranted about it in an article on the website at BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers. Mainly because I, I want to know. I know my brother's going to go to training camp. I know other people that are looking to go. I might try to get up there at some point. I want to do some of my countdown articles. And it's just, it would be nice to know. But it's little things like that that you can get upset about that really, it. I mean, does it really affect me that much that I don't know? Now, there's a lot of stuff with that with Steeler fans that they want to know, that they think they need to know, that they don't have to know. Now, this is open to the public. This is something that is that is also for the fans, so you'd think that they would know. The other thing is, you know, a lot of people felt like they had to know the inside scoop on what was going on with certain players, and that is a certain player that we are going to talk about here today um, in Stefan Tuitt. And what we're going to talk about is the salary cap implications of his retirement. Uh, there's an article at BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers, that is also going to be there Thursday morning. Which which also is going to lay out some various things. Now, what's interesting is that I was going to talk about the salary cap today anyway. I was going to answer a question about the salary cap in general. And then I was going to just look at some other numbers in the second half of the show. But then the Stefan Tuit situation happens on Wednesday afternoon. So I kind of pull a little shift. I said, all right, let's look at some Stefan Tuit numbers. And we'll look at the other part with the salary cap, which was actually a question by one Jeff Hartman that I'm trying to answer. And that's going to be in the second half. So we're all salary cap today. If you despise the salary cap, I'm sorry. Uh, but this is something that we're, we're just going to cover. So it's kind of ironic that salary cap was the topic um, beforehand. Before we dive into that, speaking of Jeff Hartman, make sure you're checking out Let's Ride every Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Uh, I'm sure if you're listening to this podcast, chances are you've listened to Let's Ride. Uh, the Ride or Die crew is great. Jeff Hartman's Let's Ride podcast is, um, is, is one that I don't miss. But we've got a bunch. We've got the cutting room floor on Tuesday mornings and then this show on Thursday mornings. That's your morning lineup of our audio-only podcasts. But then we've got a great noon lineup with Bad Language on Monday. Then you've got The Fix on Tuesday. And I got the title of the show right because it was, you know, in season when it was just Jeremy, it was The Fantasy Fix. Then in the offseason, added Andrew into it. It was the draft fix. Now it's just going to be the fix because it could be either way. It could go either way with stuff. So that's why I love that they that they decided to do that. So it's not – they don't have to switch up the name as they go. So make sure you're catching that on Tuesdays. Wednesday is Maddie P's War Room. I'm, I, Maddie P is a guy after – you know, we have that connection. He's a man after my own heart because – he likes getting into the salary cap stuff. He likes getting into the inside stuff um, with what he talks about as well. And then, of course, Thursday, I have to, you know, I have to share a day with with this podcast with what Ian's talking about, which I I love that podcast just because it's so different. It's it's not 
it's not the the nerdy numbers like I give. It is um, com- completely, and, and I'm not going to say completely the opposite direction because it's still Pittsburgh Steelers. It's talking about the social media stuff. And um, Kyle and Greg just do a, a really uh, great job. You could tell that they're both comedians because I laugh so hard while I listen to that show. And then the Here We Go, the Steelers show. My goodness. Um, I could listen to KT Smith all day. Um, Brian Anthony Davis does a great job of not talking in that podcast very much and just sit, you know, he's, he, he's the, he's the setter for the team. So he can just, you know, set it up for KT to spike at home. And then of course, on, on, on the weekends, we also have the Steelers power half hour, which comes out, you know, technically, I guess, I'm not sure if it's a, if it's a, Morning or noon lineup. I don't know. It's a part of the weekend audio only lineup. And then, of course, our YouTube shows, you know, Monday's Hangover, Tuesday's Scobro Show, Wednesday Curtain Call, Thursday Preview, Friday, you've got uh, Touchdown Under Early with Tony's Q&A Late. And then on Sundays, you've got the um, We Run the North Early with the Q&A with Changing Up different uh different people on that one late i will tell you this to my nerd to steal right now i i got the q a this sunday unless something crazy comes up where we have to make an emergency change i will be there with someone that i have been waiting to do a podcast with for a long time i hope that doesn't change either because i'm really excited about it so let's dive into the salary cap stuff specifically talking about stuff onto it now I, I almost did this. It was going to take three, three and a half minutes of the show. And I just didn't think it was a good idea. Brian Anthony Davis, I talked about it, like, oh, yeah, that'd be neat. But then I was afraid the show was going to run even too much longer. And that was Tuesday night on the Scobro show. I finally talked about something that I had been on my mind for a long time. It, it was something I didn't want to bring up and then have to answer a lot of questions about as time went on and things like that. So I brought it up at like the last possible minute. So here we are. Tuesday is at, you know, 9 p.m. Pittsburgh time. I've decided that's what I'm going to say from now on with, with stuff with BTSC. We're no longer Eastern. It's not, it's, it's 9 p.m. Pittsburgh time. Everything's going to be a Pittsburgh time. So we're talking on the podcast. And I finally said, you know, I'm going to bring it up. And I said, you know what tomorrow is, is what I was asking my brother. And he, I can't remember if he, if, if he, if he went into a song or into Shakespeare, I think it was a song. I don't think he did Shakespeare um, about, about tomorrow. Um, And it was a whole referencing the the idea of June 1st. And I said, "I, I hate to think that we don't know anything about Stefan to it because they're waiting until June 1st. Because the only thing that meant is that Stefan Tuitt was deciding to not play football anymore. And part of me still is upset that I said it because I, I feel like I spoke it into existence. And I, I, I don't think that was really the case. I think this was in the works for a while. If you go back and look at it, it you know, the comments of, of Kevin Colbert, uh, a while ago when he said about having, you know, 21 of the of the 20, well, actually, I guess it was uh, 24 of the 25 starters counting the specialist, um, that, uh, you know, everyone but a strong safety because they didn't have Terrell Edmonds at the time. He even specifically said, well, Chris Wormley was a starter for us last year, so we look at him as the starter, you know, whether they have Stefan Tuart or not. Looking back at those comments now, it seems interesting. The Pittsburgh Steelers chose to draft a defensive lineman Again, 
in 2022 after trading up for, well, not trading up, trading into the fifth round last year to grab one. They draft another one in the third round this year. Did they do that if they weren't sure, if they thought maybe there was something going on with Stefan to it? I'm, I'm not sure, but that's another thing that's an indication. Now, I have to admit that then the comments of Cam Hayward kind of made me think, you know, it sounds like maybe two, it's coming back. But, you know, Coach Tomlin saying we only talk about people that are here. When you put together the pieces, you might have thought that this was a possibility coming for a long time when it comes to Stefan to it and his future in the NFL. So. I, it could have even been that perhaps to it said, I'm, I'm considering retirement. And the Steelers might have said, you know what? You could do us a favor, do yourself a favor, take some time, wait, go all the way, wait till, wait till June. And if you're certain that, that, that this is what's going to be, maybe you would have said, wait till OTAs, wait till OTAs and we'll check back in with you and not, and, and we will see what's going on. And then we'll see if you're going to retire. I don't think this was a decision that was made within the last 24 hours. I really don't because it came out on June 1st. It came out on June 1st and that's significant. And that's why I talked about it on the Scobro show. And I said, I hope this isn't the case. I really hope that's not what's going on because I didn't want to see Stefan to retire. I wanted to see Stefan to come back and be great. But I also completely respect what he chose to do that if his heart wasn't in football and his heart was turning to something else dealing you know with his family and the tragic loss of his brother and he talked about and he said about graduating from college and moving on to future endeavors then guess what great go do that if that's what you're wanting to do if that's where his heart was that's what he needed to do i would rather him go and do that than Come back and see if he's still all right to play. Um, see if he can get his heart into it. And then found out that he doesn't. And then they're into the season and it's just not working and he's going to hang it up then. If, if he was, if that's the decision he's going with, good for him and do it. But the fact that it came out on June 1st tells me that it, it was known before this. It it's, it's, can't be a coincidence. It really can't because June 1st changes everything. Now, for those of you that, that don't, know how that works or everything there's a difference when a player is traded cut or retires before june 1st versus afterwards there used to be where there there was almost like a second round of free agency on june 2nd uh this back i'm pretty sure this came about in the 2006 collective bargaining agreement that they did this before that there there was like another round of free agency where, where teams had to wait till june 1st to cut a player because of how it affected the salary cap and then there was these other players out there that teams could go sign because of this because that's that's something that that used to happen it didn't seem fair to those players that they could have maybe got a more lucrative deal had they been available at the beginning of the league year. So what they added in the CBA was where you could designate a player to be a post-June 1st designation. That's what they could do. So you could designate that player to be that. And that, and now, I'm saying about that designation, you could do up to two players, but I didn't tell you what the difference was. So, so hold on. Back it up, Dave. Let's explain. 
But first, I want to apologize if it seemed like I got off there a little bit because there were some things going on at the house. I don't know if you heard my dog barking. I heard some people yelling. So I had to step away for a minute because of an issue with 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 my son. Um, and it, it, I'm sorry, it's really funny. But now let's get back to, hey, this is life. This is this is uh, where I'm, I'm just a Steelers fan with a family that has to deal with stuff as well. So to explain what a June 1st, what it means on the calendar is any player that is cut or released or everything before June 1st, everything that's left on their contract, all the dead money left on their contract, all comes due. All comes due. If, this, if, if the, someone cuts a player that has four years left on his deal and he already has you know that prorated bonus pushed out over multiple years and they cut him, of course you don't have to pay the base salary. But all that bonus all comes due at one time for that season, that upcoming season. It's kind of like with the whole void years. Whenever, you know, they, they sign someone to a two-year deal, add three void years. When that third year kicks in, all that dead money all comes due in that year. Now, if it's after June 1st, if the player has multiple years left on their contract, meaning they're not going into the last year, they have other years, which include void years, like is the case with Stefan it that the the only dead money that now counts for this year is the dead money that would have been for this year anyway. The The rest of the dead money all gets pushed on to next year's salary cap. So that's that's done in order to take someone that has a huge dead money hit to then have it get get pressed out into future years. For example, last year when Ben Roethlisberger was come back, people were like, oh no, even this year when Ben Roethlisberger retired, some people thought, oh, well, maybe the Steelers can spread out the cap hit um, by having it be after June 1st. That didn't work because Ben Roethlisberger, his, his contract had already voided. He didn't have any additional years on it. If they would have added, you know, base salaries onto his contract rather than just void years, then then it would have been a whole different story because then he could have done that um, and, and and it would have worked that way. But he wasn't under contract once those the, those void years kicked in. So that's why that didn't work. But it did work the previous year with Drew Brees. Drew Brees had, some, had one year left of salary on his contract, and then he had multiple void years after that. What the, what the Saints did when he went to retire was – they they waited until June 1st so that way there was 23 million dollars um that was that that was dead money they still were dealing with with Drew Brees that they would have had to all count last year but rather than than just you know do that they had him wait until June and therefore it was the way it worked out with him was it was 11 and a half million dollars that counted in 2022 and Drew Brees still carries a dead money hit for the New Orleans Saints um or sorry in 2021 and he still carries one for 2022 of 11.5 million dollars i started to get my years ahead thinking of step on to it so that that's how that worked now the other thing that they did was he had a huge base salary and he he took a pay cut down to the minimum i put air quotes around pay cut because he knew he wasn't going to get that money anyway. So rather than have to wait until June to get the the extra, it was like $24 million, I think, that uh, he was going to be due um, with his base salary. He took that pay cut, so they had access to that, to that cap relief at the time. 
So when it comes to Stefan Tuit to explain that, the way it works is if he simply would have retired two months ago, then he w- there would have been some cap relief for 2022. Stefan Tuit was due to, be, to have a cap hit of just under $14 million. It was $13,975,750. So that was was what he was he was due or not due that's what, how much he was going to count but if to it if he was going to be if he would have retired before june 1st all the money because he had three void years on on his contract that to, that in total added another 4.755 million dollars so when you when you look at all that and exactly what it, that was going to be the cap hit would have been the would have been all coming due in 2022 and it would have been $9,680,750 and they would have had a had cap relief of over $4 million, $4,295,000. Then when you factor in displacement, you're talking about just, you know, like 3.3 something million dollars that they would have saved. But now with the post June 1st designation, that the that 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 four point seven five five million dollars that would have counted next year anyway as dead money if Stefan Tuit would have played and not signed a new deal, it still counts next year. So the Steelers kind of already had that in their mind and in their budget with everything for next year. That's what they were planning on having that money come due anyway, much like they had the money with Ben Roethlisberger and Juju Smith Schuster this year that that, that came due, and therefore. For this year, now Stefan Tuit has a cap savings of over $9 million, $9,050,000. Now, take in roster displacement, and it's just, and it's a little bit, it's a little bit over, it's like 8.2, um, not even, or, you know, just under $8.2 million that they would then save this year. But now he has, but like I said, he has that cap it going into the next year. So if you want to know about this, what the Steelers would have roughly, you know, with with the salary cap, it's over. It's it's over twenty million dollars if this all plays out the way that it's expected. I mean, is there a chance that the Steelers could try to recover some of their signing bonus because Stefan Tuitt ended up retiring early? Teams have done that. I, it's not a very Pittsburgh Steelers move. I have a feeling they just move on. It is what it is, and that's the money that it's going to be. So that's a quick explanation of things going on with the Stefan Tuitt situation. Now, the question I'm going to going to answer and hopefully this kind of helped answer that question that that Jeff Hartman asked is is the salary cap a myth is it even a real thing that's what he wants to know because as you know Jeff is not a numbers guy so I'm going to answer that question with some specific examples after this break And we're back, Pittsburgh Steelers fans, to talk some more salary cap. Let's get to it. That's the question that I have this week. And now, before I, I answer it, I do want to say 
I'm ready for more questions. You can hit me up on Twitter at STLR Super Fan Dad, or you can add the at gmail.com in order for that to be my email address. Like I said, it's STLR Super Fan Dad. I'm ready for some more questions um, to, to answer these as we get into the coming weeks. So here we go. Is the salary cap a myth? No, it's not. All right, good night, everyone. No, I'm, I'm just kidding. I, I got to give you some evidence here. And the reason that Jeff asked this is like, look at look at the Saints, what they've done the last two years. They were like in utter salary cap hell and somehow managed to climb out of it and sign people. He's like, how do they afford Honey Badger with all these the salary cap issues? Well, yeah, I I get it. But at the same time... It's it's a, there's a little bit more to that because last year this, the Saints they had the whole thing they were dealing with with Drew Brees um, they they had to clear thirty five million dollars just by releasing or trading players they released or traded enough players to clear thirty five million dollars so that was part of it they they the Drew Brees pay cut retirement that that cleared up almost another twenty four million dollars that that they did there so it was. That that took care of a lot of stuff. So that was a big portion of it. But then they also did the trick. It's the trick. It's the same trick that the Steelers do. But um, but kind of on steroids, in my in my opinion. You know, that I mean the Steelers did it last year, but they don't want to keep doing this. And that is, my goodness, the Saints last year, they they cleared another fifty-two million dollars by restructuring contracts. Um, I'm getting these numbers specifically from an article um from ESPN that was last March by Mike Triplett that, that reported these numbers. So they restructured pretty much everybody every possible player that they could, which is what the Steelers did last year too. They did that last year. Okay. So, so they, they restructured all these contracts, but they also threw in void years and you know what they did. They did it again this year. They didn't have to cut anyone, but what they did this year, massive restructures, throwing on void years. All right. That, and, and, and it's great. Like for, just for example, now they didn't add any more void years to for a couple players like um, Marshawn Lattimore. They 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 cleared eight and a half million dollars by restructuring his deal. Ryan, I can never say his last name. Right, I'm going to say Ramchek. I think that's close. No void years to him, but they cleared another fourteen point six million dollars. But there's a bunch of other players. Michael they added two void years, two void years to to him. Um, in order to, to stretch out um, his money and, and, and to clear um, eleven over $11 million with him. Same with Cameron Jordan, Alvin Kamara. Okay, a lot of players, they added the void year. Some of them they didn't need to because they they already had them. They, so they basically did the quote-unquote maximum restructure that if you heard some people talking about that with the Pittsburgh Steelers earlier this offseason, they said, oh, well, the Steelers could get this much in restructuring players, but they could get this huge amount by doing maximum restructures. Maximum restructures is not just converting all the base salary into a signing bonus other than the, the minimum for the a player with that years of experience. It's to also add on enough void years to make sure you can spread it out over five years and just add void years and add void years and add void years. So that's the trick that they do. But the problem is 
I mean, it is the ultimate kicking the can down the road is, is what's happening until eventually you're going to have to do like last year where they had to cut a lot of players that the saints, they're still in trouble. I mean, right now they've got, you know, um, what is it like $10 million in cap space? So in other words, they, they have the money to head into the season to, to take care of the things that they need to take care of during the season. And you're like, well, they signed honey badger, but you know, that didn't add very much that added, you know, even Jameis Winston, $3 million dead money cap hit. And yet he's still on the roster for another $4 million for this year. But because it's the first year of the deal, it's a lower cap hit than what his future years are going to be. Um, Tyron Matthew, Honey Badger, his cap hit for this year is only $3.4 million. $3.4 million. But then look at look at how it jumps. Um, 8.9, 10.9, and then another 3.8 because of the two void years thrown on there that he's going to count that when he's not even playing. So, because, I mean, that, that they did a three-year deal, but two void years thrown in there. So, kicking the can down the road, stretching it out as much as they possibly can. But that's what the Saints did in order to get under the salary cap. Now, the problem is the reason the salary cap is not a myth is because every dollar comes due. Every dollar comes due. Once it's paid, it will count. The only question is when. The only question is when. It's So, so it's, it's one of these, you know, um, I don't know, because part of me is, it, it's almost like, how do I say it? It, it? I don't know if they do these anymore. I just know they were very popular um, a while ago where with a big housing market boom that that people were doing uh, interest-only loans, interest-only mortgages. So the, the plan was they move into these houses that have a certain value and they're only going to pay interest for the first five years or whatever of the mortgage. So, and that's all they paid was interest. So they didn't, they didn't, bring down the principal at all. If anything, the principal went up um, during that time. So they, they kept their, they, they paid a lot for it. They kept their monthly payments down. They had the interest only, but it was all with the notion of, then you got to turn around and sell your house for more than what you bought it for. And you're, and, and you're okay. But what if you don't Every, it eventually, eventually the, the money for it comes due. And that's, what happens here with with teams like the Saints that keep doing these maximum restructures? So, like like for example, look at a player like Michael Thomas, the wide receiver. Uh, not a terrible um, cap hit in twenty twenty thirteen million dollar cap hit this year. In twenty twenty three, it's twenty eight million dollars, and in twenty twenty four, it's twenty seven million dollars, and then another almost six million dollars. Um, when the void years start to kick in in 2025. My goodness. Now, in 2023 and 2024, they can get out a part of that because a lot of that's a base salary, 15.5 million in 2023, 18.5 in 2024. But you're still, my goodness, the, 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 the dead money hit right now. If you went to overthecap.com, which is where I'm getting all of these numbers. If you went to that website right now, you're going to see something. If you look at the New Orleans Saints um, contracts, their salary cap for 2023, what stands out to me is when you is when you look at the last column that they present, they say dead dead money and cap savings with with these players. How much dead money would would they carry? Um 
And then how much would you save on the salary cap if they were if they were released? This is post June first of next year. Michael Thomas with a twenty eight million dollar cap hit, just over that, he would only save them less than three million dollars if you were to release because he has twenty five million dollars in dead money already. Cameron Jordan twenty three million dollars. Here's another one, Marshawn Lattimore. If they cut him next year, it would actually double his salary cap hit. He has $22 million as a cap number. He's got $43 million in dead money they have not accounted for yet. You understand that? $43 million in dead money that they have not accounted for yet. That he's, you know, And that's not even this year. That's next year. That's starting next year. And that's why his, his cap number last year was only $4 million and some. This year it's under $9 million. And then it jumps up to $20-some million and just goes and goes and goes. That's, just, that, that's, that's a lot, okay? Um, that's, that's a lot of, of, of dead money. Now, I said that some of these don't count. Some of that is roster bonuses and some – and I said that much of, the, of, of, of dead money. That's not necessarily even all because of um, – um, signing bonuses and stuff. That's also because his salary next year of $14.5 million is guaranteed. It's a, it's a guaranteed salary. So now he doesn't have guarantees in his salary beyond that, but between the $14.5 million in guaranteed salary in 2023, along with in all dead money that's going to be paid out over the whole life of his contract of, of almost $40 million, granted, 11 million of that's already going to be done in 2021 and 2022. That's just a lot more to keep carrying on. And that's what they're doing. The only way they're working the salary cap and working this magic is, is with, with what they're doing now. If you were to look here at every single player, not every single there's, Oh my goodness. There's a couple of players here and there um, on their roster right now for 2023 would, would, increase the, the Saints salary cap if the player were to be released. That means they have more dead money left than what they're counting right now, the way they've pushed out into future years. So the salary cap is not a myth because guess what? The Saints, they're, for, for 2023, they're already projected to be more than $50 million over, over the salary cap with the 55 players they have under contract. 2024, they only got 42 players, and they don't have very much cap space because of how they keep pushing things out. There are still players that that just carry so much dead money with what they're doing with all their void years. The, every dollar will eventually come due. Every dollar will eventually come due. The only question is when. And that's why the salary cap's not a myth. You can manipulate it now. But now you're like, well, why would you keep pushing it down the road? It's not a terrible idea. What gets you is things like 2021 when the salary cap goes down. Otherwise, the salary cap is constantly increasing. So if you think about it, if you're pushing money into the future, but you're pushing it to a higher salary cap, you can do that. But the the problem is, is when you're pushing huge amounts into the future that don't that that's more than what the increase of the salary cap is going to be. That's where you get in trouble. So, I mean, the, the saints are stuck with, 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 um, what is it? Marshawn Lattimore for a long time. Now I'm not saying that's a bad thing 
that that that's you know that, that's probably not a I'm not saying they're stuck with it, but I'm saying that that as long as they get great play from him and everything, that that that's great because they can't get out from underneath that contract for a while. They have a lot of contracts that they're in trouble. So the thing is, is the salary cap a myth? No. Because you can manipulate it, but my goodness, can you get in? Can you get into some bad contracts when you do? When because when you look at a player's contract, you want to say that's a good contract. Because when when Patrick Mahomes signed his huge, super long deal that he had, there was some places in that contract that you can say, you know what, right there is where the Chiefs, if they need to, they could get out from underneath this contract, and it wouldn't be that bad, and it wouldn't be all that bad. The Saints, with what they're having to do. It, it it's going to be bad. Uh, the Rams are dealing with their stuff. I didn't look specifically at them. I just knew the Saints were the team that did it for the last two years. So they're going to have to try to do the exact same kind of thing in 2023. They're going to be in the same boat of where they're going to have to, you know, over. they're going to have to start adding more void years in order to do these things in order to get underneath the salary cap. You can keep doing that. And if you can cycle them and get them on the right cycle where your biggest contracts can come off the books, you can make it work. It's it's a delicate balance. And you're going to see that eventually – it could come due. And that's one thing with the Steelers. Do they kick the can down the road with some of these contracts? Yes. But Ben Roethlisberger last year, I mean, he had $19 million that was going, he was going to count that much in dead money, no matter what in 2021, whether he played or whether he didn't. So the way, so the, that was just it, it finally was coming due. So what the Steelers were able to do was to take some of the other money that the the money that he would have had in salary, granted he took a, a five million dollar pay cut, but by using the void years, they pushed that out to where other than have no Ben Roethlisberger for nineteen million dollars last year, they had no Ben Roethlisberger for just over ten million dollars this year. So they cut that number down for the number of for the for the for when they didn't have him on the roster. Um so that's kind of how it all works out. No, it's not a myth. Every dollar will count, but you can manipulate it in order to have it not count right now. And uh, sometimes when you're these other franchises where you don't have the stability of the Pittsburgh Steelers, hey, you know what? We'll keep we'll keep pushing it down the road. If something happens to me, then it's not going to be my problem. With the Pittsburgh Steelers, you know, there's a lot of people locked in there for a long time. So they're the problems that they create are always going to be their problems. And that's why the Steelers, they use the void years as something special last year. They didn't do it this year. And I really like that they turned away from that because they're, they're keeping everything manageable as it moves into the future. So that's the best thing that I can give you numbers wise for is the salary cap a myth. No, every dollar counts. And as, and as, players are getting more guaranteed contracts, then guess what? If those players don't play on those contracts, yikes. That's when you're getting into a point where it could be racking up some dead money if they're not on your team and they still have guaranteed contracts and signing bonuses and just craziness like that. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. Lots of salary cap talk, but uh, it just seemed appropriate with everything with Stefan to it to just make it be the whole show. I already gave you the, the the rundown of all the podcasts. Make sure you're checking them all out and make sure you're checking out behind the steel curtain.com. It really is your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers. Thanks for joining me. Send in those questions. I'm ready for some more. I'm still also working on some other guests. I know I had a guest a couple weeks ago and I'm hoping to, to get some other really good nerdy number guests 
I'm working on it. So thanks for joining me. And as I always say, thanks for geeking out. We'll see you next time.